Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. We had a great first service this morning. We're looking forward to this being even better. Amen. We kind of compete back and forth between the two. Y'all going to win this morning. Amen. Amen. John chapter 19. I've got a, a message on my heart. We're so glad that you came to this church on Easter Sunday, and we pray that you'll be back and that you have a, a great time here and that you feel welcome and that you feel loved, but more than anything, that you know him, that you get to know him this morning. Amen. Here's our message, paid in full. How many of you ever had anything paid in full? Isn't that a nice sound? Paid in full. We're going to talk about how Jesus paid a price for us this morning. And uh, it was amazing how the lead-ins came from the prayer time and the offering time because um, we don't, I don't tell the guys what, we're gonna, what I'm going to preach on, and I don't tell them what to say. So they pray about it, and uh, pa- uh, Brian got up and said a great verse that I could have used this morning about his riches and his grace. And Pastor Kurt got up and gave a great word about paying forward that bill from Chick-fil-A. And so look how God is with his Holy Spirit, right, just leading right in to this message. So I want to talk about paid in full this morning, John 19, 28 to 30. If you've got your Bibles, if you don't, it will be on the screen. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now, say this word with me, accomplished. Come on, say that, accomplished. Isn't that what we like to do? When you accomplish something in life, that's powerful, amen? But we're not just talking about accomplishing a college degree or accomplishing a a job. We're talking about the greatest accomplishment ever. He said, when they were all accomplished, that the Scripture might be fulfilled, he said, I thirst. Now, a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled the sponge with sour wine and put it on hyssop, and put it to his mouth. Now, right before we continue to read, whenever the Bible says, so it would be fulfilled, that's the Old Testament being fulfilled in the New Testament. There were hundreds of prophecies spoken by the prophets that detailed what Jesus was going to do when he got to this earth. And I mean by the detail. And so when they gave him this, this drink and he said, I thirst, he was fulfilling scriptures from hundreds and thousands of years before, which gives such a power of validity to the Bible. Now watch this. He says, so when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. Amen. How many are thankful for those words right there? It is finished. Amen. That's the greatest words in the whole Bible, those three words. And for us today, it means paid in full. Paid in full. Now, this morning, in a few minutes, I'm going to kind of explain to you a little bit what it means to have your bill paid in full. We need to understand what we were facing or maybe you're facing today in, in eternal perspective, and then you'll understand a little better what Jesus did for you. Because this isn't just a story. This is something that will change your life. It's something that God wants you to experience. Amen. A lot of people go to church on Easter, and I'm not talking about you. Amen. But a lot of people go to church on Easter and, and, and it, because it's kind of a religious day, and, and more people go to church on Easter than any other day besides Christmas. But they might go because... They, they've heard of God or they feel like they should or, or a family member invited them. But God doesn't want that. God wants you to experience him this morning. 
He wants, you to, he wants you to know who he is and what he has done for you. Now, I like things simple. Is there anybody in here that likes simple? Like, I, I like things explained to me really easy. And I want to tell you this. The gospel is simple. It's simple. It's the most simple thing there is. If anybody ever starts to complicate the gospel, just put the hand up. Amen. And then do what we talked about a couple weeks ago. Just hang up. If, if they make it difficult, stop talking to them. Because the gospel is simple, and it's, and it's broken down in one of my favorite verses. Now, I have a lot of favorite verses. How many have a lot of favorite verses? I got a bunch of them. This is one of my favorite verses, 2 Corinthians 5.21. This makes the gospel simple, okay? For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Okay, just, let's just digest that for a second. For he made him who knew no sin to be made sin for us. Now, we're going to leave that verse up in a second because this is the key to the whole message. If you'll get this, you'll get the rest. This is so important. Now, how many understand that we know sin? How many know we know sin? And if you won't raise your hand that you know sin, you're, you're sinning because you're lying. Amen. We all know sin. We're born into sin. We're sinners. That's why we need a Savior. And, and so we need to understand that we understand sin. God did not understand sin. God is perfect. And so for him to be made sin, who knew no sin, that's a crazy thought. I mean, have you ever, I mean, can you imagine being something that you've never been? And a matter of fact, being something that's totally contrary to your nature. God is not able to sin. He's not able to make mistakes. He's perfect. Yet he became sin for us. Earlier in the morning, I went around and prayed for some of the Sunday school rooms, and I got to the nursery, and you were in there, right? I said, Lord, we bind the spirit of rebellion in this place. Amen. How many know those little kids are rebellious? Amen. That's why they're back there learning. Amen. Kids are rebellious. Adults are rebellious. We're just grown-up kids. We're sinners. You don't have to teach that kid in there to say, no, it's mine. They're just going to grab it. They're just going to say, mine. And you say, play, and they say, no. You don't have to teach a kid to say no. You don't have to teach a kid not to steal that $5 that's on the table because they're going to take it. You got to teach the kid not to steal. You got to teach the kid not to lie. Amen. You got to teach the kid the right things because we're born in sin. We're sinners. We know sin. Some of y'all are saying, I know sin real well. Amen. Some of us were really good sinners. Right? Some of you can say, man, I know how to sin with the best of them. We're all sinners. Okay? But God does not know sin because he's perfect. But he said, I'm going to make this simple for you. You sinned. You have sin in you. Adam and Eve disobeyed. And the Bible teaches us this simple understanding of the gospel. That one person, Adam and Eve, were two people, but one did it first. And I'm not going to say who this morning. Amen. One person sinned first and the next person. And the Bible says that that condemned us and we're now born with spiritual AIDS. All of humanity is born with a spiritual disease of sin. And so Jesus said, everybody, so one person died and one person sinned, and that contaminated the whole world. And Jesus said, I'm going to come down, and I'm going to die and take your place, and the whole world's going to be saved. How I many know that's some pretty simple math? So watch this. Let's read it again. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. And then watch this. this it's not enough that he forgives us. It says, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The righteousness of God in him. Amen. 
That's a powerful verse. It's a powerful verse. And, and this is showing us that our debt has been paid in full. But maybe some of you are here and, and you don't really grasp or understand what that means, what your debt was. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. You might be here this morning and you might have some serious college debt. Some people have over $100,000 in college debt. You might, you might be here this morning and you might have financial debt. You might have uh, some kind of, of, of unsurmountable thing in your life that is debt. And debt is not fun. But we all walk around with debt. Spiritual debt. This entire world, although they don't realize it, is in debt. For their eternity. They're in debt. They owe something. Now watch this. This is important. They owe something they can't pay. It's not that, that, that we don't want to pay it. We can't pay it. We have a debt that is owed, but we can't pay it. And so God said, and this is what I love about God, and I love about the gospel and the real Bible, the Bible. How many know there's just one Bible, amen, one truth? Is that all the religions in the world, how many know there's a lot of religions? Matter of fact, there's millions, and we can thank the Indian, India part of the world for that. They have 60 to 80 million gods. So there's lots of gods, lots of religions, but how many know there's only one truth? Okay, there's only one absolute truth. And so all these religions in the world have something in common. All the religions are teaching that we as human beings need to somehow get to God. We need to get to God. How many know God's really far away? We're never going to get to God. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is different because he said, I'm going to come down to you. I'm going to come down to you where you're at, and I'm going to become sin for you so that you can have what I have, even though you don't deserve it. How many know we don't deserve it? You're going to see that a little bit more here. Well, here's another really good way to explain it. And, and I'm not a humongous acronym person, but when I use an acronym, I really believe in it. Grace, the word grace, okay? I mean, no, that's a big word, an awesome word, grace. Grace is unmerited favor, receiving something I don't deserve. But here's what grace means. God's redemption at Christ's expense. Okay, that's what grace means. God's redemption at Christ's expense. And so what it means is God is giving me eternity. God is giving me, another word for redemption would be riches. And we're going to see that in just a second in a verse. We're going to look at a verse where it says that word. God's redemption, God's riches at Christ's expense. Okay, that's what grace is. And so I'm able to, to, to have something I don't deserve because of what God did for me. Now let's look at this verse in Second Corinthians, or sorry, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. Stay with me here. It says, in him, capital H, that's Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches, there's that word, of his grace. God's riches, God's redemption at Christ's expense. How many know when there's a debt, somebody has to pay it? You can't get away from that. You, you can get away from the fact that you can't pay it, but you can't get away from the fact that the debt's there. Debt does not go away unless it's paid. Okay? Now, even if something miraculous happens, it still has to be paid. And so we have a debt in here this morning. And, and my, 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 my hope this morning on this Sunday morning of Resurrection Sunday is that we can understand how big of a debt we owe and how big of our God He is and how awesome His grace is. God's riches at Christ's expense. 
See, we hear this. Now, I want to ask a question. How many of you in here this morning have seen the movie The Passion of the Christ? Let me see your hand. You've seen the movie The Passion of the Christ. Now, if you have not seen it, raise your hand. I want to challenge you this week, today. We live in a technological world, amen? You can Netflix it, red box it, whatever you want to do. Please watch that movie this week. I have seen it, but I only saw it once. You'll probably, it's not one of those movies you're going to hit repeat on. You're not going to watch it over and over again. But if you have not seen it, you need to see it because it shows you vividly what Christ's cost was. It's not just a, a, a religious act. It's not just putting a cross on my neck. It's not just showing up and checking the box that I went to church on Easter. It's understanding that Christ paid it all. That Christ paid a price that was so great that our minds can't even conceive it. Our minds can't even really understand it. And, 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 I, and if we could just get this morning, can you imagine if we could just get a glimpse, a small glimpse of what hell would look like? Then we would see that, that was our, that's the place we're supposed to go. Hell is what I deserve. Some of you in, say, in here say, I don't deserve hell. You just think you don't. You're, you're being lied to. We do deserve hell. We're sinners. We don't deserve to be with God. We're not good enough. He's a holy God and a righteous God. And the Bible teaches us that we're separated from him through our sin. And there's a gap between us that we can't get to. And that's why we have God's riches at Christ's expense. So if you've seen that movie, you'll know this. And if you haven't, you would see it. And I can only explain in a little bit some of the things that Jesus went through as he became sin for us. Some of the things. I'm going to read you just some. John 19 has it. Luke 22 has it. It's in all the Gospels. Some are more vivid than others. I'm thankful that the kids are back in the back because this is stuff that's, that's hard, to, hard to grasp, hard to understand. That's why I could only watch this movie one time because it's very, very vivid. But it shows the price Jesus paid. Jesus was arrested for us. A perfect man. They called him a perfect man, a good man. He was arrested for us. He was beaten beyond recognition. Isaiah prophesied that he would be so disfigured that no one could even recognize him. He was beaten beyond recognition physically. So a lot of times when we think about Jesus and what he went through, we just kind of picture the cross and we finish the, that verse that we read where it said, it is finished, but we don't look at all the things leading up to him dying. He was mocked. He was blasphemed. Being God, he was blasphemed. He was interrogated, terribly interrogated by the, uh, the Sanhedrin and the, and the, uh, the Sadducees and the, and, and the, the uh, uh, religious people. He was accused, falsely accused. How many have ever been accused of something that you did not do? That's not fun. Jesus was accused for us. All these things that happened to him in the Bible, he didn't do it for himself. He did it for me, and he did it for you. For you. That's why relationship is so important. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship with Jesus. He was, he was accused. He faced three different courts. He went to three different judicial courts as he was being uh, interrogated and arrested and, 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 and blasphemed and all these things. He was treated with contempt. Then here's an interesting part of the story. He was acquitted twice, meaning let go, meaning no offense found, meaning you can go free twice, one by Herod, one by Pilate. 
But how many know that even though he was acquitted by man, he knew he had to come to pay a price? He had that in his mind. I want you to remember something. When you're struggling or you're doubting or you're going through things in your life and you wonder where God is, I want you to remember that when Jesus was going through all this stuff, he was thinking about you. He was thinking about me. He had your name in his spirit, in his mind. He had you on his mind as he was going through these beatings, as he was being accused, as he was being blasphemed. One of the worst things that happened to Jesus was when he was scourged. Most of you know that in our terms as being whipped. They call it a cat of nine tails. I could, I could take a whole message on every one of these things that I've talked about and really break it down and, and, and make it clear to you. But this was a horrible thing. This was where they took what's called the cat of nine tails, three pieces of, of leather full of metal and bone chips and all kinds of different things. And they would beat him with, on his back and literally, by the time where they, they were done, literally pulled the flesh and muscle off of his back. To where he was bleeding so horribly and so dehydrated, really beyond any scientific explanation. They beat him so bad uh, physically and on that scourging that they took him to the point as close as he could possibly be to death without dying. Now it wasn't because they couldn't kill him, it's because Jesus was laying his life down. See, that's the difference. He didn't die on that scourging because he had to go to the cross. For you and for me, God's riches at Christ's expense. He he was struck heavily, several scriptures on the head, by a rod. He was spit on. His beard was literally torn from his face. He was sentenced to death by death on a cross. How many know that he had that crown of thorns pushed into his skull, which caused massive pain and bleeding? And he was stripped naked. Those are just some of the things that you see in the Gospels that this man who knew no sin did to become sin for us so that we could have God's riches at his expense. It should put a better perspective into us. That's why when I got up here, I said, that's my king. That's my Lord. Because there's no athlete or no famous person who's ever done anything for me. I've never had anybody, anybody do anything for me, but Jesus did it all. Jesus paid a price for me that I could never pay. He came down and became something he was not for me. And I want you to know something. He would do it all again just for you. Just for you. He would come back and do it all again just for me. Do you believe that? That's a fact. He would. Now let's look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 14, and this will kind of make all that make sense. God's riches at Christ's expense. This is the New Living Translation. Watch what it says. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. He took and canceled. So when we we talk about that debt being paid in full, Jesus took our debt and took care of it. Canceled it. He, he took, and, not, and here's what's amazing. He didn't just, he didn't just pay for it. He, re, re, he, he, he eliminated it as if it was never there. That's what's amazing because as we start to think about the sin we might have done in our life or the, the mistakes that we've made, some of you were saying, man, I was that chief sinner. Like Paul said, I was a, I was a professional sinner. Some people sin. Some people are good at sinning. 
And you might be that person. Here's the crazy thing. If you, be, if you put your faith in Jesus this morning, everything you ever did was not only paid for, but it was canceled and forgotten. As if the debt was never there. That's a good place to clap, Jerry. Amen. I, that's amazing. God's riches at Christ's expense. Now here's the key. Our debt being paid in full. How many know when you get something paid for you, there's a very important piece of paper you need? It's called a receipt. You got to have proof that that debt was paid, right? <clears throat> if someone pays your electric bill and, and, you, and they try to come turn it off, say, no, someone paid it. They say, "What? Well, show me a receipt. Or you bought something and they say, show me a proof that you bought it. Let me tell you what our proof is this morning. Our receipt is the empty tomb. The empty tomb is our receipt this morning. Amen? How many got that receipt? Do you believe? See, I can't believe for you. I can only believe for myself. Do you believe that Jesus left that tomb? Because it's not enough for him to go through all that canceling of the debt. He had to come out of the grave. He had to defeat death. He had to have that receipt given to us. Look what Luke 24, verse 5 to 7 says. This is so powerful. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, he, he said this. I love this. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Leave it right there for a second. This is a picture of the world. Everybody's looking for life in cemeteries. All the drinking, drugs, relationships, money, and things that we, we try to fill ourselves with is, is like looking for life in a cemetery. Let me say that again. I got a better response over here. There's a few less people over here, but you, they're a little more alive over here. You got a lot more people over there. What's wrong with y'all? Listen to this. It, it, that's like looking for life in the cemetery. That's what it is. Amen. Why are we looking to the bottle? Why are we looking to relationships? Why are we looking? He says, why are you looking for the living among the dead? You don't go to the tomb to see somebody that's alive. He, he rose. Then is, let's look at the next part. It says, then he says, he's not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and crucified and the third day rise again. I want you to know that we're on the third day right, to, right now and Jesus rose again and he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And that's why it's called Resurrection Sunday. Amen. That's our receipt this morning that Jesus is, pay, has paid our debt. So next time the devil tries to come to you and say you're a sinner, next time the devil tries to come to you and say you're sick, next time the devil tries to come and lie to you, you just pull out that receipt and say, devil, the tomb is empty and you are defeated by the blood of Jesus and I'm saved and I'm delivered and I'm set free because of Jesus paying my debt. God's riches at Christ expense. Amen. Did you know that this particular event that we're talking about, stay with me here, I'm closing, stay with me. This particular event, the tomb, I remember, I remember many years ago when I, when I first got saved, and I don't really know how long it was, I used to preach, and I used to believe, and I used to say, and I used to think 
how much faith you had to have in that tomb. It's like I used to say, I used to say this, I'm just quoting myself, I used to say, man, you know, you don't have to have a whole lot of, of faith to believe that Jesus was on this earth because that's historically proven. You don't have to have as much faith that, that he died on the cross because that's in history books that, that a man named Jesus from Nazareth died on the cross. But what you do have to know, amen, or what you do have to have faith for is that he's not in that tomb. He's not in that tomb. How many know that's where you got to have faith? And, and that's true. You do have to have faith for that. Because even though I believe the history books, I wasn't there when Jesus walked the earth. I wasn't there when he was crucified. I wasn't there when he came out. But did you know that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is historically the most verifiable event ever? Did you know that? How many have ever heard of the school Harvard? Law school. Very, very, very well known. Very, very prestigious. There was a man in the late 1800s, and I love this story, and some of you heard it, but you got to hear it again because some of you haven't. This was a revelation to me. It was so powerful. Now, I already believed that the tomb was empty. I believed in the resurrection, but this was something that just so lifted my faith. This man, Simon Greenleaf, was an atheist, and he was the co-founder of Harvard University. Very smart man because, you know, sometimes I feel like the world thinks we're stupid because we believe in an empty tomb. Right? Well, this man, Simon Greenleaf, was not stupid. He was the co-founder of Harvard. He was a very wise man, but he was an atheist. And so the, the subject of the, of the tomb came up, and Jesus came up in school, and he said, he said I'm going to prove to you as a lawyer that this whole thing of Jesus and him dying and him resurrecting is a farce. And he did this with his class. And they began to gather evidence. And he said, we're going to treat this as a case in court. And by the time they got done, church, Simon Greenlife, the, co the co-founder of Harvard University, made a statement as he became a believer in Jesus Christ. He said, going through the court and in every way that I can as a lawyer, he says, I have found the resurrection of Jesus Christ to be the most verifiable event in human history. The most verifiable event in human history. You know, Jesus appeared to over 500 people. He was on the earth for 40 days. 2,000 years later, church, listen, they've, they've picked up dinosaur bones. They've found all kinds of things, but they've never found the body. They've never found the receipt. The receipt is the empty tomb. And Jesus is alive this morning. Amen. He's alive. And he's coming back again. For those that are watching for him, I want to close with a story that kind of brings this into perspective. There was a young man in college, and he was going through college, and he was about to finish, and he liked sports cars. And his dad was very wealthy. In his last year of college, he told his dad, Dad, if you're going to get me a gift, man, I really like this one sports car. And he would tell him all year long, all year long, kept talking about it. He was passionate about this car. And so near the end, graduation came around, and he was looking for signs that his dad had done something for him with this car the last couple weeks. And graduation came, and, and they had the celebration. His dad said, come into my office. I got a graduation gift for you. His son was all excited. He's looking for that car. And he walked into the office, and his dad said, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you for what you've done in college. He said, here's your gift. 
And it was a little box. How many know little boxes are good gifts? As you get older, see, when you're young, you like the big ones. And then you get older, you like the smaller ones because they're a little more expensive. As you open up the box, all excited, and it was a Bible, a brand new leather Bible. And his anticipation and excitement turned to anger. And he looked at his dad and he said, Dad, with all the money you have, this is my gift from college, a Bible. And he slammed it on the office desk and ran out. Years went by without talking to his dad. He had a family, got married, he had a career, he was living his life. And all of a sudden he began to think of his dad and say, i got to make this right with my dad. I, I can't believe I've gone this long over something so stupid. And so he began to make plans to go find his dad and, and make up with his dad. And the same week he was going to go see him, he got the news his dad had passed away. So he goes to the funeral and finds out that his dad had left him everything. All of his inheritance. And he kind of felt broken. He realized that that stuff wasn't as important as the relationship with his dad. And he walked into the office and he started looking through things. How many know when it, when it really matters, you start focusing on the things that really matter? He starts looking through papers in his office, and he finds that brand new Bible that his dad gave him. And he starts to get teary-eyed and cry as he opens it up, and he starts turning the pages. And as he's turning the pages, an envelope falls out. He picks up the envelope, and inside the envelope, inside the Bible, is a set of keys that says the dealership's name and the salesman's name and it has three words paid in full that that man that father had paid in full that car and all that boy had to do was open up the bible this morning jesus has paid in full our salvation all we have to do is open up the bible and find that Jesus Christ is the substitute for us and he is our salvation this morning. Amen? I don't know about you, but I'm not gonna slam that Bible. I'm not gonna slam it on the desk and I'm not gonna run out because the most important thing to me this morning is my eternity and Jesus paid it in full for me and he paid it in full for you. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you this morning for your word, God. We thank you for this people that are here this morning, God, as we close, arrest our minds. Don't allow us to be tired or thinking about what we're going to go eat, God, or how we're going to celebrate, but let us focus for a moment on you becoming, you who knew no sin becoming sin for me so that I could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. How many in this place, as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed all over this place, how many of you could be honest? Honesty is so important with God because he knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows what you did yesterday. He knows what you're going to do tomorrow. He's a sovereign God. But one of the most greatest gifts that God gave us was choice and free will. Just like that boy, as he ran out of his dad's office, he had free will to do whatever he wanted. But he missed out on that car. He missed out on what was paid in full for him. Today, you have a choice. You have a choice. Do you, do you want to accept what Jesus has done for you? 
Or are you going to keep trying to get to God on your own? Or are you going to say, I don't need God? The Bible says, all have fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says all of us need a Savior. The wages of our sin is death. But you don't have to die because Jesus died for you. He became sin for you. He became cursed for you. The Bible says cursed is every man who hangs on a tree. He became a curse for you. And he became a curse for me. And all I have to do today, all I have to do today is accept that and receive it. When somebody pays for something for you, you can't do anything for it except say thank you. Because it's already paid for. All you have to do today is say, Jesus, I believe that you came out of that grave after dying on the cross for my sins. And I hold my receipt up and I tell the devil, I am saved because of the blood of Jesus Christ. How many in this place right now could be honest with God and say, you know what? I've heard of Jesus. I know about Jesus, but I don't know him. I don't know him. And I want to know him this morning. I want to know who he is. I want to experience his love. I want to experience his grace. I want to experience what true love is. That someone would die for me while I was a sinner. That, that Christ would die for me. Listen to this as I close. That Christ would die for me even knowing that I was going to reject him. As he was being mocked by those soldiers. As he was being mocked by those two criminals on one, one on each side. He still loved them even though they hated him and mocked him and made fun of him and spit on him. They put a, a, a thing over his face in the very beginning of his trial and began to hit him in the face and say, prophesy to us, who's hitting you? He took those blows for you. He took those blows for me. All over this place this morning, you say, I don't know him. Today's the day I'm going to get to know him. Today's the day I'm going to confess him. Today's the day I'm going to receive him. I want you just to put your hand up and say, that's me, Pastor. Would you pray for me this morning? I need Jesus. Just put your hand up all over this place. That's me. I see your hand. God bless you. How many more? That's me. That's me. Listen, I'm not asking you to become a member of this church. Amen. I see your hand. I'm not asking you. I see your hand. God bless you. I'm not asking you to do something other than just believe what Jesus said. He who believes in me, though he were dead, he shall live. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm going to wait five more seconds. That's me, Pastor. Pray for me. I don't want to leave this place in my sin. Listen, I can't promise you tomorrow. The Bible says tomorrow is not promised. Life's like a vapor. You're not going to be able to claim a religion when you stand before God. You're not going to be able to say, I was this or I was that. He's going to say, did you know Jesus? Do you have the receipt? And that receipt is the empty tomb. That's me, Pastor. Pray for me. One more, one more hand. A few more seconds. God bless you. I see your hand. Honest hearts. Honest hearts. I raised my hand 27 years ago. I've never doubted it, not one day. Never regretted it, not one day. 
Amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning, please, in reverence to God, because this is why we're here this morning. This is why Jesus went to the, gra- to the cross and to the grave, for salvation. Do you realize how serious this is this morning? We don't know what tomorrow holds. But today's, you, you can't, you can't, let, let me tell you something, you can't make this choice after you're gone. You can't say, Lord, I, I, I was gonna, I meant to, it's not going to fly. The Bible says it's, a stab, it's appointed under man once to die, then comes judgment. But you don't have to be judged. Today you can see Christ as your Savior. God's riches at Christ's expense. If you meant that this morning, I want you to step out of your seat and I want you to come down to this aisle right here with me. I want you to just quickly step out. Several hands went forward. I'm not going to beg you. I just want you to step out. Amen. All over this place. Just come stand right here. Amen. God bless you. Come on, all over this place. Several hands went up. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you know you need to come this morning. You know that you need a Savior this morning. Come on, there's more coming. Let's give them a hand. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you know I need to be there. I need to be there. The reason why we do this is not to embarrass you, just to let you know. But I believe this with all my heart. I believe if you can't stand for Jesus in a church, there's no way you'll stand for him outside. This is an easy place. This is everybody in here believes. But that's why we do this, because Jesus said these words. And let me tell you something. You right here that are here, you're, you're the reason we did everything today. So that you can know Jesus and how much he loves you and how much of a plan he has for your life. He, he has such, such grace for you this morning. Amen? And, and he has such a plan for you. And the devil doesn't, didn't want you to get out of your seat. Because Jesus said these words. Here, and, and I want to say this as I'm speaking. If you're, I still feel there's, there is at least one more person here. I, don't, I can't make a decision for you. But I can tell you, if you died today, you would not go to heaven. Because Jesus said these words. He said, if you confess me before man... I'll confess you before my Father that's in heaven. But if you deny me before man, I'll deny you before my Father that's in heaven. That's why we believe in a public confession of faith. Now, there's a walk that you're going to have to do after this. And it's a hard walk. It's not an easy walk, but it's the best walk. Because you have troubles with or without God. I'm going with Him. Amen. I, I, I still only know of one person in the history of the world who came out of the other side of the grave. That was Jesus. I'm going with him. I don't have to be too smart. Amen. He's the only one. No one else has been able to claim it. But Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. Claimed all three. So we're going to say a prayer. Maybe you're backslidden today. Maybe you knew the Lord as a young child or a teenager, and today you're hard, you're cold, you're angry, you're mad, you're frustrated. Jesus still loves you. You can come home. Amen. Let's say this prayer all together. I'm going to say a biblical prayer. Y'all repeat after me, okay? Lord Jesus, I love you, and I thank you for loving me. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins, that I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. I cannot do this alone. I cannot be good enough. My sin 
Is it bad in your eyes? Even my righteousness is not good enough. I come before you this morning humbly. And I declare with my heart and my mouth that you died on the cross for my sins. And then you rose from the grave and paid my debt in full. And I accept that. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a praise. Amen. The Bible says the angels are rejoicing in heaven right now. There's a party going on up there. Amen. And literally, literally your names have been written in the book of life by that blood that Jesus shed on the cross for your sins. Amen. You guys can go back to your seats if you want. We're going to continue to pray for you. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.